0: Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to M-U-B-I dot slash Film No, I
1: can't forget this evening, your face as you were leaving, but I... Welcome back, ladies and
0: gentlemen, to a brand new episode of The Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. It makes sense I would go deaf to this song. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Bill Graham. Woo, 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 woo. Dear God. And a special guest today, it's Cody Corral.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: Hello. Uh, despite what the name may lead people to believe, not a cattle rustler from 1875.
2: In my dreams, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, uh, who wouldn't In love a past that, life, surely. Clearly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to disabuse us of that notion, why don't you introduce us and tell us a little about yourself and what you do?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I am a journalist in Chicago, mostly writing film criticism uh, for places like the Chicago Reader uh, and Cinephile and bunch of other places on the internet um yeah i'm i'm someone who shouldn't be allowed to have a twitter account and yet i persist
0: (laughs) that's That's what you're gonna go out on (laughs) basically
2: yeah i'm just an idiot (laughs) with a cinema studies degree that's it
0: I feel like much like I am a an idiot with a journalism degree, just saying Perfect, what degree right. you decided to blow all your money on already lets people know that you're an idiot.
2: No, you know what's even worse? I have a, a dual degree in journalism and media studies degree. So I am Oof. double the idiot.
0: Oh, boy. Yes, <laughs> yes
3: you are.
4: <laughs> hey, hey,
2: as
3: long as decide. you're not a Nazi, we're in a good place.
4: <laughs> all right. So the bar is set. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> yeah that that bar is an inch low Congratulations. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. my my major is with an emphasis in print journalism which was real oh, fun I sure. in, well yeah, hey in 2009 and seeing everybody <laughs> oh, like jump to digital and i was like oh bye <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh yep. bell oh
3: yeah,
4: this I, is I was how on the ss titanic thank you <laughs>
0: I think it was the HMS Titanic, but it doesn't matter. Um, What was I going to say? I mean, but if it weren't for people who made exceedingly poor life choices early on, (laughs) there would be no podcasts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So at least we got Yeah.
0: (laughs) Exactly. There's shitty rich people with podcasts, too. Yeah, but like they hopped on after all of us roustabouts made it cool.
3: Yeah, but that's, they
4: that's, made that poor decision as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are they? Like the business influencers. That's I'm going to exactly have a podcast talking about, about <laughs> marketing your brand to potential clients.
1: <sighs>
0: <sighs> All those failures who post really long shit on LinkedIn. Anyway, we are here <laughs> oh today gosh. to talk about the farewell. The uh, I guess it's a kind of dramatic comedy from Lulu Wang. And uh this movie is out in limited release now. It has been growing in theater count steadily, so it should actually be playing somewhere uh where you live, dear listener. Uh so we're gonna be talking about that. Before we do, let me remind everyone to go to patreon.com/slash the stage show to become a patron of this year podcast. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at FilmstageShow. Give us a comment or rating on iTunes. And of course, email us podcastfilmstage.com with any of your extended thoughts on our ramblings. And as I said earlier, we are brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema, where each day their fantastic curators, bring you a brand new film to enjoy. As part of their What is an Auteur series, they have a pair of films by Peter Strickland on the platform now. Uh, the first is The Duke of Burgundy, and then Hell just yeah. on there today is Barbarian Sound Studio. Everybody needs some more BDSM in their life,
3: so you know.
2: That's <laughs> what they say. Yeah. You know,
0: I just don't know that that's true.
2: Well, open up your heart. If,
4: you know, if-
0: everybody. <laughs> Children, Michael.
4: I, uh, 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 hey, fine. <laughs> a child does not have access to a credit card. Okay, so hopefully. Um, well, I did when I was a and child. And now,
0: now that we're talking about children in fetish gear, let's pivot to talking about good boys <laughs> out in theaters now. Good
4: boys? You said good boys?
0: Yeah, the movie about the tweens yeah. and the drugs yeah. and the stuff. Yeah. The coolest kids are watching Paw Patrol and Gates of Heaven from Errol Morris, (laughs)
3: which is (laughs) currently on
0: the streaming service. It's
3: a
4: classic double feature, for sure.
0: Mother of God. (laughs) Um, When's
4: that that new episode (laughs) of Gates of Heaven
3: coming up? Oh, Jesus. I mean, kids gotta learn someday that that dog's gonna
0: die, so, you know... (laughs) Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Looking forward to Does the Dog Die game today. Um, <laughs> also on movie, we have The Limey, which is just a great Steven Soderbergh oh, movie. Oh,
4: Yeah. Is, is that the, the start?
0: The start? Yeah, of him. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, I uh, assume uh, he starter? was born.
4: No, 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 no. Ugh, Jesus. Uh, the first film uh, Soder- from... Sex
0: lies in videotape, like sex ten sex years earlier. Oh, okay.
4: Well, all right. Well, <laughs> Come on. Bill. I, I know. I, I know. The limey is one of her, le- or one of his lesser-known kind of works. So not as celebrated, not as uh, not as well received, or maybe not as well received, but not as commercially successful.
0: It came out like the year after Out of Sight. And oh, yeah. the year before Aaron Brockovich. So it was okay. like his, that's, it's one of his hard... resting movies. If... uh uh-huh. Yeah. R-
3: RIP Peter Fonda as well, who has just an amazing, just vampiric role in that.
0: As a horrible, horrible studio stooge type person. That's the, uh, it's the one where, um, Terrence Stamp is like, tell him I'm fucking coming. Right. That's what I'm <laughs> yes. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> great movie anyway uh so that's on movie if you'd like a free trial movie so you can check out these movies that we've all been fawning over as well as 27 others and a new film each day go to mubi.com slash film stage again that is muvi.com slash film stage and now with that out of the way we can jump into our feature review of the farewell this movie written and directed by lulu wang is based on a true story, or an actual lie, as the cute little text at the beginning of the film says, wherein a family of uh, Japanese or Chinese expatriates who live in America and Japan decide that it is best to lie to their ailing grandmother still in China, about her terminal illness, and decide to stage a wedding as a means of seeing her one last time. Uh, the film stars Aquafina as the protagonist who wrestles with this decision throughout the course of the film. Here is the trailer. Wait, should we, should we oh maybe God. mention
3: as... No, I'm sorry. As the one scene mentions, it is not illegal to do this in the way that it would be in I am America.
0: S- I am thrilled that you decided that it was super important to say that in case someone <laughs> I think so. listening I think to so. this podcast 40 just heard lawyers that. Coming. <laughs> they heard that and were just like, oh my god that's what the movie's about and we're just about to run off and call their local congressman <laughs> I mean we, we'd get into uh, it Michael I, but it is interesting sorry. that you feel that like you have to say that up front
3: alright in hindsight it's, it's, please,
0: please play the trailer
3: alright here we go get me out of my misery
2: Friend, please tell me
0: the is dying
3: she doesn't know So, you can't say anything.
1: The family thinks it's better not to tell her.
0: Why is that better? Chinese people have a saying. When people get cancer, they die. We have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can
2: see her. He's my only cousin. Do you think I should be there? You
0: can. All right. That is the first part of the trailer for the farewell. Again, out in theaters now. Uh, We will, as always, do a brief, spoiler free section before diving in deeper with our spoilerly thoughts later on but now general thoughts on the film Cody why don't you kick us off
2: I think this film is just spectacular I really really loved it um I think it's probably by far my favorite of the year so far um I just think it has it grapples with these really complicated and like ideas of of humanity and and culture and things that I don't know super super happy highs and also really deep sadness that also kind of congruent at like our incongruency with each other and and how that's really complicated and hard to wrap like grapple with and i just think it's super super smart and and effective and how it does all those things and the things that it's trying to say about about culture and family are are really really moving
0: all right michael snydell yeah, I, I think this is lovely.
3: i maybe not quite as high as Cody in the sense. I, I I'm not quite sure that this makes it to feature length. I, I think it, a few times I can just feel the direction kind of, uh, I kind of just um, resting on his, his laurels a little bit. Like there's just a few scenes in, the, in that sense. But I think that over and overall, I was consistently impressed with how much this is is grappling with um, with especially like a western and Eastern perspective. I think at any given moment in this film, you have uh people who are in New York and people in China as well as Japan, and I think you get the perspectives of all of those um, people in in very impressive and very like multifaceted textured ways. Uh, I think the one thing is I would have liked the the main conflict to maybe to maybe um, I don't quite know how but I I just wanted it to complicate a little bit in its own way. I, I think it I think, despite the the nice messiness at w- with which it ends, at times it's just a little bit too clean with that Western and Eastern conflict that I just spoke of. But either way, I think Aquafina. I misjudged her in Crazy Rich Asians. I will absolutely say it. And uh, I think the the rest of the main cast is it's fantastic and also good for this movie to. Uh, make people think they're going to see an English language film, and ninety five percent of this is in Chinese. So, <laughs> there was a few people in my theater who were not super happy about that. <laughs> seriously, seriously, yeah, that is pretty damn funny, actually.
4: <laughs> that, that's that's real dumb because uh, oh, yeah. th- this movie is all about
0: seeing the grandma.
3: In we China. are literally so, like
0: it's literally like we're going to China. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But that trailer, what we heard the first
0: part of it. There was a good portion of it that was in English. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, the 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 open. You know what? It doesn't matter. uh yeah, you, no. you didn't do this. It was these people. <laughs> anyway, Bill Graham. What Chicago, are your thoughts? Brian, forget about it. On the farewell. <laughs>
4: Uh I really enjoyed this. Um look, this movie came in with a lot of hype. Um I saw it uh earlier this week. Um I think I saw it on Friday and it, it came in with a lot of hype. I had been kind of waiting for <laughs> the reason we're doing this now of all times is because my fucking dumbass market didn't get it until like a week ago or so. So, yeah, we had to like everybody else had had either had this film released in their area or whatever. And my dumbass market, even, even fucking Brian who lives in, w- butt fuck, uh, Washington
0: area. You know, that, that shitty little backwater known as Washington DC.
4: Yeah. Our fucking <laughs> nation's capital. Who has, you know, no appreciation of the arts at sense. all. Um, <laughs> oh my always, God. Who always gets their movies like two weeks after us um yeah my my giant fucking metropolitan city decided like nah we'll wait we'll we'll give it a little bit let's let's see if this uh buzz dies down um thankfully uh i went to go see it in the middle of the fucking day and it was it was a packed room uh packed theater um and yeah so i saw it on like one o'clock on a friday or something like that and uh I I really really enjoyed this movie. Um it came in with a lot of hype. It it absolutely lived up to it. I think w- what our guest and and Michael have also said already is that it deals with that kind of conflict and it doesn't shy away from it. Now it, maybe Michael thinks it's it's kind of a little bit more neat than it needs to be and sure that that could certainly be you know um there could be a a trump supporter i guess thrown in here or something like that but uh no like
3: like this movie no i know i see what you're saying yeah
4: Mm -hmm. this movie like full-on deals with some of that kind of uh, that pool and and everything that's going on when you think of what this movie is set up as is dying grandma Family decides not to tell her that she is dying of like a terminal illness. And it's like, wait, what? Like, why are we doing this? And it full on like delves into why and why this makes sense. And why the people that are born and raised in China have this kind of sense and and methodology about them. Mm -hmm. And like, it really does do a good job and does justice to it. Um, I, I'm not sure where, Uh, Lulu Wang is from. Um, I I imagine from the name, uh, she's probably Chinese or full on Chinese. Um, I'm not sure. But either way, like she really does a great job of, of delving into this full on, doesn't shy away from it. I mean, the fact that even some of the family members are from or live currently in Japan is also one of those kind of wrinkles where I mean, you know, you don't have to go too far to understand that like Chinese and Japanese people don't necessarily always get along and and agree with things because obviously their cultures are very different by now. Um, So yeah, I I think this film really goes for it. Um, There's a lot of like comedy in it. Yes, it's a serious subject matter, but there there is a lot of fun to be had in this Um, and. Yeah, sorry. Uh, prepare for subtitles. Like, <laughs> sorry about you. <ya. laughs>
0: Brace yourselves. Bring your reading glasses. There are <laughs> subtitles. So, my thoughts on The Farewell. First, let me preface with the fact that uh, my grandmother died two months ago. So, I knew this movie was coming because it made a splash at Sundance. And I had already heard the This American Life segment. Mm-hmm that it was based on or that I guess not based on, but that Lulu Wang had already created previously to share this story with the world. Um, and so I was like excited for it, excited for it. And then my grandmother passed and I was like, ah, oh, shit, I don't want to have to talk about this movie now. Cause I feel like sure. I am now a target <laughs> and it's going to be really difficult for me to talk about this movie. Um, surprise, surprise. I actually didn't like this movie very much. Um, hmm. I was deeply unaffected and unmoved by it, and that's strange to me because the the, the twenty seven minute audio story that she created actually like was really moving. You know, mm-hmm. five years ago that can't be right.
2: I think it was like three years ago. Three like.
0: years ago, three to four yeah. years ago, whenever she created this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was I I was a little shocked throughout this movie to be sort of less than compelled with this story that they were telling. And I don't know if it was the kind of uh, the, their part of me feels like it might be Aquafina's performance, which I, I find distressing because I really liked her in, um, crazy rich Asians. What? <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> Plot twist. <Okay.
0: laughs> Michael, you and I have had words about this in the past.
3: I got,
0: how have we? Okay. I yeah. You just, like, forget them in a kind of hysterical <laughs> hysterical amnesia each time I say it.
2: I can't wait for the fisticuffs.
0: Just. <laughs> they're they're coming um, But, like, in this movie, she, she constantly... I don't know. Like, she never reads as tortured or upset. She reads as someone who just found out that, like, her plane is delayed and she's stuck in the airport. <laughs> she, there's just... Something about her presence and her performance that really kept me on the outside. I also couldn't help but think that by centering the story on her, we were missing a lot of the more deeply grounded and felt uh, and even like just the mechanics of this deception that we were seeing. And I, I was kind of, I kept waiting for moments when she would speak with other characters beyond just her mom and her dad and and really like come to terms with this and i just don't feel like that happened enough and that the scenes weren't impactful enough for me to to really grab on so i i enjoyed aspects of this movie i think that um it's pretty aesthetically great i like the little cultural insights that are brought in uh but yeah like towards the end i was just like i wasn't feeling anything during what should have been some of the more emotional set pieces at the end of this movie and it it was a little weird to feel like something is so calibrated and like brought into my life at a time when it should be like the perfect bit of catharsis Mm. and it just leaves me feeling extremely cold so that's my opening salvo um I would still say this is like I don't know, like a three-star movie. Like I would never tell someone not to see it, but it would be with that kind of caveat of like it didn't work for me, but I know a lot of people like it. Interesting.
3: Well, I'm I'm, I'm immediately curious, Brian. Like, so you're speaking a little bit about your difficulty in you know syncing with Aquafina's feelings, which we can get to that in a little bit. But I'm curious, then, did you like? uh did you like nene did Did you like some of the other family interactions when they were kind of more isolated and separated and you know what that would say about the cultural differences
0: i i think i really liked the grandmother i i loved okay. spending time with her her her, <laughs> her way of being when there were like a lot of people around and she was being the grandmother was fun but um i feel like the movie had a lot of trouble juggling its tone as to whether or not certain parts should be funny or sad, or sad in a funny way, or like funny in a sad way. And it just, it never cohered in a way that I was able to start jibing with its, with its rhythm. And so I constantly just felt a little bit alienated and on the outside of everything that was happening.
4: Good. So having not listened to. This American Life, right? That's what the Mm -hmm. episode was? That, considering it's 27 minutes, I imagine that that did not have a lot of tonal shifts. Um, What what was the general tone of that? Was it relatively sad? I mean, I guess, no, I don't want to spoil it. But uh, was that piece generally sad or was that piece kind of, A little bit of a mix. Could you tell that Lulu Wong kind of uh, doing this expose on this, right, in that 27 minute uh, feature story, was she kind of bringing some of that mindset or was it kind of more of a, hey, let's look at this interesting interaction that happened? So or, here's uh, the thing. Th-
0: if if I were better at my job, I would have re-listened to the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah,
4: okay. No, um,
0: and I and I did not. What I recall is that it was a bemused kind of absurd tale, hmm. shot through with the the knowledge that the whole thing was being done to keep a woman's illness from her, and the kind of culture clash, you know, hmm. sense of like, what are we doing here? This seems a little nuts. And as Michael said, it's not illegal in China. and in fact a few people in the movie say we do this not all the time but fairly frequently yes this happens yeah and so to to me listening to that that podcast i remember having this sense of discovery and bemusement and you know a, a small bit of like you know being moved emotionally by this whole concept and um yeah, in this movie, I just, I didn't, I didn't really feel uh, any of that. It was, it was very strange. It was, it was hard to tell because, okay, so this is again me just drawing from my sense memory of listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, uh, Cody, how, lo- how long ago did you listen to this?
2: Uh, I actually listened to it a few weeks ago because they re uploaded it.
4: Um, okay. So, so it's so back on. do you assessment? It's in
2: the Rolodex a little bit more recently. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the, tone I mean to me it felt quite similar just on a smaller scale I think it was okay. refreshing to be able to hear like Lulu Wang actually talking and telling the story mm-hmm. herself and I think there was a powerful moment of that and like there was a different weight to that uh but I think the thesis is generally the same where that she's just really conflicted with sort of all of these idiosyncrasies of this like culture shift and like the the living between cultures that she had to experience through this kind of thing and she experiences it through her whole life mm-hmm. um and i think just the the audio piece uh is just like a shorter kind of story of that and i think the way they reframed it recently when when the film came out it was just kind of like in i think the episode was like in defense of ignorance or something like that yes. and how you know maybe it's better not knowing things and stuff like that and how it, like it's just so complicated and and I don't know. I think the, the film did a really good job of sort of expanding on it a little bit. And I feel like it, it felt similar. But I also, granted, I listened to the episode after I saw the film. So I mm. think I was informed with the text of, yep. of the yep. film. And then mm-hmm. being able to, like, when I listened to it, be like, oh, that's, like, an exact line that she took from her life that was in mm-hmm. the movie. And, like, I was able to keep on things in the shorter version of it. Um, but I think they, they both work very well in congruence with each other but,
4: but so they do have kind of that that mixture of of drama and and humor and and kind of all of that kind of yeah arc. for sure yeah. there's
2: very, okay. like, highs and lows similar to, to the film because, like, there's a lot of, like, jokes that, that her nai-nai um, is, like, saying. And she's like, I don't really think that's very really funny. Like, jokes about, like, hiding medical records and stuff like that and all these things that are, like, traditional norms in China. um But there's also just, like, super, like, deep reckonings that she's having with with herself and her relationship to, to her family that I think play the same way in the film that are just, like, these really polarizing emotions.
4: Mm-hmm. okay interesting
0: yeah and i I just i just didn't feel any of that as deeply Uh or Uh as (laughs) meaningfully in the movie itself i i just kept feeling like i don't know it was weird just how much it felt like it wasn't pulling off its own conceit as far as Uh i was concerned like i couldn't tell what the this is insane to say but i almost (laughs) couldn't tell what the conflict was Uh uh-huh like it didn't it didn't feel like um Aquafina's character uh, was struggling too too much like she she clearly wasn't comfortable with it but she just it didn't feel like it was an ordeal that she was having to go through i didn't ever feel like the kind of joy that you would think that you would feel at like seeing this woman whose days are numbered you know, get to have her family with her, like the the deep longing and like because you know. Well, I, I think I think that- that's part of
4: that's part of the narrative, isn't it? Like, I mean, the fact that a it was just sprung on on Aquafina's mm-hmm. character that her her grandma, who you know,
3: it's. It, I don't know. It's not it, even it, it, sprung in the context. It's more like she has to like meet it out of her, uh, sure. of her parents. Right. Yeah,
4: yeah. She, she yeah. has to draw it out. And sure. um,
0: I they don't were know. they leaving I, I, for China the next day. Were they just not going to tell her what like, that they were I, yeah. even gone?
4: You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, Jesus. I, I, I guess. I guess it's just one of those things where, as as the family. As the parents, they just had their shit kind of in order and were ready to go. And they knew that, you know, maybe they would, I don't know, like like pass your child 500 bucks. They seem to be doing fairly well like i don't know what a ticket to china cost at the last minute but i mean um you know it's one of those things where i'm just like okay yeah y'all had your shit together like like you know your your grandma's getting old like you you just kind of know like on the back burner like okay all right you know i i probably need to have my passport and like all my other shit ready to go right Mm. um and I, you know, for a 30 year old daughter, I guess, you know, it's one of those things where you just, you, you ask your grandma all, all the time, you talk to her all the time and you're like, yeah, she's, she's in good health. Like, she, why wouldn't she tell me if she was in bad health? Right. Um, so I feel like that was very much sprung on her. So I feel like this whole movie is one of those things where she's walking into this situation Basically, looking at her grandma, looking at her family, and just being like, she could die at any moment, and none of you fuckers are going to tell her. You know? And I feel like that's her whole mindset, and that's her whole like conflict is within because she has information. Like it's one of those classic, like book things where you as the reader have more information than the characters themselves. Right. And you're, you just want to yell at them. Like, don't, don't do X. Don't do Y. Like, don't, don't, don't go with that person, you know? And that's what she's doing her whole time over there is she's just like, you have terminal or you have lung cancer or whatever it is. Right. And it's just like, You have cancer, like, like, and that's her whole conflict is within because she knows that if, and, and that's the other thing that kind of starts to get unveiled is yes, she is distant from her family, but she still has an intense, intense connection to it that, she's she doesn't want to burn that bridge right because otherwise if she didn't like her family fuck you i'm telling my nana like i'm more than mm -hmm. obligation yeah right it's one of those situations so she's got that push but that's
0: all stuff that's inherent in the plot but i don't feel any of that in the narrative
3: like the only way she's wearing a mask that's also fair to mention as well what was that I I mean, uh, Billy's very much wearing a mask as well. Like, I I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that should be mentioned Mm -hmm. that she's not meant to be someone who is experiencing those emotions. And as we hear in like that great scene with her mother, like uh, outwardly expressing your emotions is kind of it's not expressly forbidden, but it's seen as something culturally, you know, suspect. It's seen Mm -hmm. as something that, you know, reflects poorly on you. Even as the other contradiction is you can have, you know, a performative crier at right. like like I I think that's what is interesting about this. Is the ways that it it is at once about that conflict, but that conflict isn't necessarily something that she is intimately going through as much as like Intimately trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I, – I think what's interesting about this is the further it goes along, it's less that I was concerned she was going to, you know, blab or something. But rather just, like, trying to understand what is it like in this situation? Like, why – why? What are these people thinking when they're saying these things? You know, whether it's someone being like, you know, I would have married you if if your husband didn't scoop you up. Like, like there is. I I think all of those things kind of add to the the very odd internal struggle that's almost like crucially never external. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense. but maybe you guys can. <laughs> I feel
4: like I want to give Ryan the opportunity to kind yeah, of fully express his, his opinion. Because we, we have kind of inner, yeah. Yeah, it, it interrupted him a couple of times well, here. I mean, so. like,
0: it's fine. I mean, I'm clearly in the minority when it comes to this film. And I, I don't think sure. people come to this podcast just to hear, uh, what's it? Devil's Advocate mm-hmm. out uh-huh. of okay. Anyway. Okay. Fair. My response to that would be, I just, she, I wanted literally anything like michael you bring up the fact that she wears a mask i was never concerned she was gonna say anything because she doesn't seem like an active enough character to make that choice like the way that it constantly manifests itself is her asking other people if they think that they should like we should tell her Mm. so it's not like guys i'm gonna tell her like this is absurd this is cruel i'm gonna do it and she has to be talked out of it she's like don't you think that we should you know talking to the doctor it's like shouldn't we and it's just it's she's a very passive member of this even though it's something that's very clearly conflicting within her but you know they say like you are far too expressive you're gonna break if this i kept thinking of the movie almost in terms of like a heist you know Mm -hmm. and it's like (laughs) look, we've got our bag man, we've got our wheel man, we need someone who can hang under the pressure of, like, holding up this bank, and you're not good at that. You're not good in the field. And so they tell her, like, you're too expressive, like, she's gonna know. And there's really only one moment where it even seems like she might break, and she doesn't, and then I never worried about it for the rest of the movie.
3: Mm -hmm. And that bothered you?
0: It did. It bothered me a lot. And, like... Her sadness and confusion never, like, transformed into, like, a different kind of sadness or perhaps, like, anger. She just seemed constantly lost and not in a compelling way. And so if she's the protagonist and, like, the audience entry character, it's very difficult to find a chord to, to resonate with her on wherein I can feel myself being drawn into this story because she just seems like lost the whole time.
4: I I think part of that conflict and part of that issue is just simply because of, like I mentioned, like she was born and raised in America or no, no,
0: No, she was what, raised in America, but she was born in China. Level yeah, she was, she was, China. Yeah. She, she was yeah. born
4: in China mm-hmm. um, and, and raised in China briefly, right? So she still has all these memories and things like that. Um, and it sounds like they moved away when she was fairly young and – so she is an outsider to this culture as a whole, right? Like mm-hmm. she has not been ingrained in it. She has not grown up in it. She was ushered out of that area and thrown into America, which I mean, you can imagine. Look, if if you live in America, you end up adopting a lot of our ideas and mm-hmm. and you know this this kind of personality and things like that um the, the western culture right as as a lot of the chinese kind of state in this film mm-hmm. um you know like even that bellhop guy that works at the hotel is just like please tell me America is amazing. Like, like just constantly,
0: <laughs> yeah. it's please just tell like, me your hotels have elevators that work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like working elevators. Yeah,
4: yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where people are just like, holy shit, you're from America. Like, like tell me all about it you know, tell me how great it is. And she's like, "Eh, I live in New York. Like, it's not that great. I live in a rent controlled space (laughs) where literally my landlord is telling me that if I drop dead tomorrow, she would be able to raise the rent like 25%. So yeah, like, you know, like, I I guess it's nice. Like, (laughs) um, but it's one of those situations where she hasn't grown up in surrounded and inundated in this culture. And this is the real first real culture clash that she has had where she's like, mm-hmm. I don't understand this at all. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you wouldn't tell your own mother, your own aunt, your own grandma. And I feel like this whole movie, she is trying to find an ally in her family to agree with her on that point and i feel like that's kind of the crux and and i get it like it's it's difficult because of the way that she is not expressive and that she mm-hmm. is not in in this kind of mode of of being frantic because yes there are a lot of scenes with her surrounded by her grandma in certain scenes and and so maybe she should work to actively keep her calm during those moments. But I do feel like she does kind of let loose and she does kind of like like unload on her family sure. when the grandma is not there. And she mm-hmm. screams at them. She, I mean, she certainly has those kind of interactions with her parents, of all people. Um, because, I mean, obviously, they're the ones that she can basically be like, why the fuck didn't you tell me about this kind of thing? Like, why didn't you raise me to understand this? Why didn't we understand this before this situation, like, had to happen, where I had to fly out to fucking China and then, like, put a mask on? Like, this is dumb. Like, I should have known about this well ahead of time, Because my grandma's getting old, (laughs) you know, like you would have expected that kind of family, uh, conversation to happen at some point besides them just taking off in the middle of the night and just being like, Hey, we're going to go see your grandma. By the way, there's a fake wedding. And also, um, yeah, your grandma's dying. And it's like, uh, you can't call me with a phone call about that. Like that's bullshit, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. But I also feel like that's that's part of that internal conflict. That's part of what this whole film is about is her trying to find an ally and constantly not finding an ally because they've either – whether you want to say they've been brainwashed, whether you want to say they are just so culturally inclined, or mm-hmm. maybe they're just listening to their fucking elders, right? And their elders are basically like, no. Like, this is the way we do things. Sorry about it. Like, you as the young buck don't get to change things. You know?
2: I
3: think it's also... just give the cigarette to the
4: grave.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) Uh, I think it's important to acknowledge, too, that oftentimes uh, a really instinctual reaction to, like, trauma and and emotional trauma is just to shut down. Sure. Uh, And I think that, like a lot of things are just culminating at once and it's very overwhelming. Like, Hey, she's going through this big culture shock thing, right. Where she's in a place she hasn't been since she was a kid. And she hasn't seen any of these people since she was a kid. A place uh, Right. Well, right. And it's also just like, is, is totally assimilated to a different culture and a different way of living. And is supposed to, a put on, you know, put on this facade that we've all been talking about. And I think like having all of that information and also knowing that you're, grandmother's probably going to die and that you have to just be cool is like, okay, the only way I can do that is just to shut down everything and not really feel anything. Cause otherwise she will just like explode. And we see a moment where she does explode. Um, but like, it's all kind of like a bottling up thing, which feels like really seems to me at least like a natural way to like a natural result of getting all of this kind of thrown at you is to just kind of like try to push it aside and push it down as far as possible in order not to, like, suck anything up, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And this is one of the reasons why I wonder if it's Aquafina's performance, because I think that that could be compelling,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I don't feel it in this movie.
4: Mm-hmm. And And look, like, you know... Some movies, and and this is why, like comedies in general, are so hard to review and talk about because mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where it's like, hey, wasn't that punchline funny? And like five <laughs> people will say yes, and one person is gonna go, no, I didn't, I didn't laugh at that. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, you're a fucking idiot, right? And it's just like, why didn't you laugh at that, you dodo? You know. And so it's it's just one of those things where it's it's tough because this film in a lot of ways is so wrapped up in kind of the sense of humor of having the situation happen. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, even that opening story that her father tells about, like, you know, your cat was found on, on the roof. And then, you know, the next week your, your mom was found or your grandma was found on the roof. And then, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this whole film has a lot of sense of of comedy and humor and and kind of lightheartedness kind of interwoven in it because otherwise this not to kind of flash back to last week, right? But I mean and and even that film had some moments of levity and things like that, but it's one of those things where this film has a lot of levity and has a lot of sense of of deft touches that i think either you are going to get and going to agree with and going to kind of go with that flow or sometimes it's just not going to work and and not every movie drama comedy action whatever right like It's not going to work for everybody. You know, this is a there's a reason why John Wick 3 didn't make a billion dollars. Right. It's because it doesn't work for everybody. Like, you know, God God forbid. The
3: public's pretty dumb.
4: (laughs) Sure. You know, when we let we all
2: collectively let Keanu down and we have to we have to be responsible. Meanwhile, we keep
0: throwing money at those stupid lions. (laughs) <laughs> oh, goddamn. You owe a debt, a blood debt.
4: <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to hammer at you, Brian, because you, you clearly have reasons and clearly have have kind of a viewpoint that you're like, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as y'all. Like, I, I don't know what to tell
0: y'all. You know, and it's, it's weird. It's, also, it's, it, it's also just strange that like it didn't even work for me on like a basic reptilian level. Which yeah, is, yeah I, just the like grandma, the right? Right, you know, it's just like, okay, so, you know, you know that movie about the dog that comes back from war? <laughs> No, I... <laughs> There's a there's like a a dog that like his, his owner is killed in war and then the family has to take care of the dog. Talking about war horse? No, because yeah. I'm talking about a dog, Bill.
4: Well, I'm, just, I'm just making sure. We're
2: not anyway,
0: gonna... there's a part in the trailer uh, for this that. This
4: is the,
2: the a preview for the Art of Racing in the Rain.
0: <laughs> no, 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 not a racing dog. This is a dog that went to war. It is a German Shepherd. It went to war. And, like, the dog comes back and everyone's like, oh, our son is dead and we have his dog now. And, like, this troubled kid is trying to, like, make it work with this dog. And there's a scene in the trailer where there's a fireworks display. And the dog starts freaking out and the little kid, like, comforts the dog. And it's this, like, clearly, like, an emotional catharsis between the two of them. And that movie trailer played before Jurassic World And I cried openly in the theater because I was moved by the concept of this poor animal whose owner and partner, I guess, was killed in war, having PTSD about the fireworks. And I felt nothing throughout this whole movie. And so, like, that's just interesting to me on, like, a very basic level because I just kept thinking, like... Maybe like the ending, maybe the final scene, maybe something will work for me in this movie mm-hmm. and just jolt me for a second and I'll have that. And it's just I just at the end of the day have to go like, look, it's a movie I didn't really like that much. It's it's well directed. I think that a lot of the the dialogue is very funny and witty. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love uh, Tsima. Ma yeah every time i see him in something it's a good time for me <laughs> but i just like i was sitting there the whole time and i was just like deeply aware of how uncomfortable my uh, theater seat was because i couldn't get lost in the um the movie itself it was uh, it was sad i was really looking forward to this
4: hmm. Hmm. anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no i now that we're done the- bullying brian <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: No, I think that's I think that's totally fair. It it happens yeah. to all of us. I I'm mm-hmm. still fascinated though that Aquafina worked for you in crazy rotations, not this. <laughs> she's but I am funny in that
0: memorize. movie. I don't she's like a weird crazy clown <laughs> spark plug, just like a, a fucking manic sense. pixie agent of chaos on the fringes oh. of this story.
4: Oh my god. <laughs> Let's not talk about comedies.
3: oh brian 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 Uh, i would love
2: to be referred to as a crazy clown spark plug like i think that's the (laughs) brand i'm trying to get to at this moment (laughs) just working towards it there were
0: there was a lot of crazy rich asians that i was just kind of like bored with but every time she like burst onto the scene in like a fright wig and a jumpsuit i was like oh okay Michael is so right. upset with me right now. Am I cl- <laughs> wait, did anyone else see Crazy Rich Agents? I, I saw it. I did, still haven't seen it. Did you Cody, did you like the Aquafina in that movie?
4: <laughs> I didn't like the Aquafina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say the movie and then I was like clearly we're not talking about the movie. Yeah. Uh
2: yeah. no, I think Aqu- I don't I don't think I was repulsed by Aquafina's performance in Crazy Rich Agents like Michael so clearly was. Um yeah, I think it was I don't know. I again I think it was just like a <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Um I think it was definitely like moments of relief for sure, which I think was the point. Um and I think I was generally on the the positive side of that, receiving it.
0: Good. So Michael is alone here. Yes <laughs> <I'm> alone. <laughs> um okay so let's talk spoilers uh before we do that we'll do a quick game of does the dog die
2: yes, yes. oh my god.
0: so here we are at does the dog die.com should, just, should we continue to not prepare our guests for this we're never gonna <laughs> tell I a guest that this is coming before it actually does so here we I are feel
2: bamboozled
0: does the dog die.com uh, <laughs> you want to finish the the malcolm x quote or are you okay <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah uh we're just gonna do a couple of these uh to see if we all agree with the uh, uh crowdsourced emotional spoilers website that rules the internet so first question is always does the dog die no nope alan does not die yeah there's alan. a dog named oh. ellen who sings oh, as ellen. A party trick. ellen yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: <Alan> grants <laughs> <laughs> spare no expense
0: indeed <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are animals abused?
4: Uh, I think Alan or uh, Ellen. Oh, my oh, God. Why, why am I keeping calling
2: her Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh,
4: <laughs> Ellen is definitely <laughs> abused in this movie because she's made to sing. And that sing or that song is definitely not the song of, like, joy. That sounds like sorrow
0: okay bill uh interesting answer according to does the dog die.com no no animals are abused in this movie
3: mm, false. bill you
0: gotta edit that right now
3: <laughs> just go log on yeah. make a, a
0: username
4: <laughs> my username will be rms titanic because it is not the hms
0: oh well that's awesome um <laughs> wait are there any good usernames mention the usernames if they're good Let's see. The person who wrote about Ellen the dog is. If
4: it's got like eighty eighty seven digits behind it, it's not.
3: <laughs>
0: it's Philip Gregorio. Oh okay. Oh, I I know Philip. <laughs> Philip. <laughs>
4: Contributor.
0: Anyway, next question: Does someone abuse alcohol?
4: Uh, yes. I, yeah. Multiple that is correct.
0: There are quite a few people abusing alcohol.
4: I don't understand why what this has to do with dogs.
0: <laughs> because these are uh, what do they call it? It's like it's helping you with like beating out trigger warnings.
4: <laughs> okay, 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 okay.
0: Does someone have cancer?
4: <laughs> well, does she know?
0: <laughs> Who are we talking to right now? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Nay, nay, you do not have cancer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, there's no cancer in this movie. There's totally cancer in this movie. It's benign shadows. Get it right. Yeah. Benign <laughs> shadows. Is there addiction?
2: Kind um, of. The dad at least was reference. an alcoholic. Yeah, it's reference
4: and and he right. had an addiction to cigarettes as well, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's mentioned, but it's never really like right. It's not shown, really. Yeah, it's not. It's not gone down that rabbit
0: hole. Well, according to there. this movie, yes, there is. Okay,
4: okay. Yep. well, it, it deals with
1: it. it you wrong. wrong. <laughs>
0: All right, and the final one, and this one is a uh, maybe a good jumping off point. Does it not have? This is the weirdest <laughs> question wording. Does it not have a happy ending?
2: What
0: is, what is it? That- un- is it an unhappy ending?
2: I think we found the most philosophical space on the internet. I think this is it. Yeah, this is the last Here empty corner of 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 thinking.
3: <laughs> of deep thinking. I thought it that. was Reddit movies. Well, here's here's the question:
4: Is it is it the ending that the film shows, or is the ending that the credits? Right. Show?
0: right like mm-hmm. that's
4: that's the question.
0: what are you talking um, about? there's nothing after the credits in this uh,
4: uh Brian
0: Brian yeah, did you not stay for for, for the, like a few extra minutes? what are you talking about the mo- the mid credits thing there's no mid credits thing there's just the, the postscript and then the credits is it, we'll it oh it's, it's the it's is the postscript script. oh
4: okay. yeah, it's like Right
0: before the credits. It's yeah. not a Marvel film, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the movie doesn't I, stop I after the key players remember. so you can see the grandfather's ghost <laughs> rising from the grave smoking a cigarette.
2: Lulu Wong is weaving a massive cinematic universe
4: with this feature. <laughs> and you will not understand it unless you stay to the credits. <laughs> you have to stay for the credits to see Thanos pop up, okay?
0: So again, um, the... The the uh, syntactical nightmare of this question, does it not have a happy ending?
4: I think it's I, got a happy ending because the grandma survives. She so your answer
0: would be tears. no, it does not have. A,
4: <laughs> Negative.
0: <laughs> not have a happy ending. God, does it I'm not have stuck. a happy ending?
4: Why? How is there a website that lives on the internet that hasn't <laughs> had this edited yet? Does
0: it? The question should it. just be, does it have a happy ending?
3: Yes. Does it not have a... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's doing... You broke
4: me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's, Michael's having flashbacks to the SAT. What the fuck? <laughs> like, like, I've read this paragraph five times. I still don't quite understand. Like, raises his hand. Teacher's like, no questions during the SAT, Michael. <laughs> He's like, Okay. <laughs> fucking
2: tear up this scantron i'm fucking pissed <laughs> pissed <laughs> off
4: strike the the one group Just nobody
0: doesn't not hate what does this <laughs> even mean is,
3: is there nothing about decapitation or anything more extreme on does the dog die this time well it's, here's it's the like, thing like not there's not a shit stuff.
0: ton in this movie to be the upset doesn't about get a big a lot
2: of Screen time to be honest i'm not
0: gonna ask you a question like are any teeth damaged are there abortions like we know that there's none of those things i'm asking you the things Fred, that are relevant. did you not see this movie <laughs> that's, now in the that, that's in the post
2: credits yeah
3: <laughs> the fiance <laughs> she wants out they've okay. they been
0: they've been together for quote unquote four months she is having an abortion they are getting a divorce that was a shotgun wedding. Let's be honest; that's the only way that happens that early. I just, wish that this movie <laughs> had been about that couple.
2: Okay, that's what I was saying. I thought I this is like perfect spinoff opportunity here, like short film opportunity. Like I, a felt so bad for that poor woman who was just like known this dude for what a few months, and I'm like, all right, so we're she getting speaks
4: Japanese Harry. only,
2: right? Who only speaks Japanese and is like, hey, you're gonna meet my crazy ass family who doesn't only speaks Chinese and will probably not like you, but we are orchestrating this giant party Um, and here have a blast. And, that's it and every time i've seen i saw her in a shot she just looks so sad and confused and <laughs> right. scared to be there yeah, i but think
4: by the way the matriarch of this entire family is dying of cancer and right we're so like out. no biggie no pressure she's just like <laughs> uh all y'all guys are fucking monsters and i'm about right. to marry into y'all like this
0: weird right. she i i don't know anything about japanese culture but i assume that she is also probably not on board with the lying yes. to
2: right but, yeah so
0: there is a part of me that i kept waiting for every time i get together with my family there is at least one night where i peel off with my brother and sister and like my brother in law and we get plastered together
1: uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: like if my cousins are there sometimes they'll be a part of it too like the young the the younger generation is like we're gonna leave the olds and we're gonna go get blitzed and talk about the real shit and I kept waiting for that point in this movie Flat where she would just be like, Hey, ask your like Japanese fiance how she feels about this shit. But like, I don't I, think I, that her and her cousin ever exchange a single line of dialogue.
4: I think I think they talk to each yeah. other about uh looking for an earring at some point. Um yeah. But I don't uh, think that she even not like an address. Meaningful- <laughs> Well, like like when when the cousin is like breaking down at the wedding, she's the one that comforts him outside. Without um, words. Without words, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like pets his head. Just a meaningful um, touch. Yeah. A loving touch. <laughs> um
0: It yeah, almost seemed was, like those two actors were like just green screened together. <laughs> <laughs> like that they never actually had a moment where they were on camera at the same time. It was yeah, just we, it felt we weird to me because as much as this is a culture clash i also feel like it's generational Mm
1: -hmm. and i
0: just Mm -hmm. kept one i wanted her to like peel him off and be like
1: you also
0: seem to be struggling with this right shouldn't we do something also your girlfriend is just standing there smiling at me does she know what i'm saying to you (laughs) (laughs) do you think you would like this more brian if 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 if
3: not aquafina was changed but if any other family member took an active
0: role at some point or seemed to be more actively conflicted. I think, honestly, there's a part of me that feels like if this movie were about the father and the uncle, it would be like a hundred times better.
4: Because mm-hmm. both of them
0: actually do seem conflicted about oh, this whole yeah, situation. Right. The, sure. the grandmother's yeah. like, oh, you know, Aquafina, <gasps> you're just not as skinny as your mom made you seem, and also I really wish you'd get married. But she's like, I don't know, your your father has like a puffy face and is discolored. He might be drinking again. And he can't be like, no, mom, you're dying.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: He yeah. has to be like, yeah, I just have to sit here and listen to my mother think that I've relapsed into alcoholism because I can't tell her that I'm super sad that she's dying.
4: And the uncle gives like that awkward wedding speech, mm-hmm. which is basically like my grandma is dying in front of all of us. Yeah. We're here to celebrate her, not the stupid fucking wedding. Right. oh by the way congratulations to the happy couple so it doesn't so,
0: seem all that happy because <laughs> here's the thing like so my grandmother died super suddenly um and there was actually a point in this movie the closest i got to feeling what i thought would be like the the fucking waterfall that i'd feel through the whole movie was when the mother asks the other like the great aunt basically the the sick grandmother's sister yeah. Like what are you going to do? And she's like I'm going to go finally see my husband who's been working in the Sichuan region for like years mm, because I've been sure. watching my sister right. and once she's dead I will be free because my grandmother, which, which, by
4: the way, uh, does this film have a happening ending? I guess not for the
2: end. <laughs> Damn, Bill, that is uh, the I darkest,
0: funniest thing you've ever Jesus said.
4: Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> <Ooh>.
4: My <laughs> husband is gonna die in a field while I watch my aunt. My, why my, won't my you sister. die?
0: Why won't you just die and set me free? <laughs> But, my um, internal curse. So here's here's the here's the deal. So my great aunt Katie, who died, like uh, the the tail end of the tail end of April, I think, or or May. You know, there's just been so much shit that's happened to me this year. So she passes, and she's been super frail for like i don't know six years like before my grandfather even died we were all like everyone brace yourselves Mm -hmm. aunt katie is probably gonna die soon six thanksgivings of helping her down the stairs into the basement where we all eat and we're just like i guess she's just never gonna die Mm -hmm. and my grandmother had been helping her nephew care for her sister for all of this time and so aunt katie passes my other great aunt my my grandmother's other sister is living in north carolina and has been told that she has like three months to live and so there's a point where my family's like grandma's sisters are both going to be dead she can finally do stuff she doesn't have to Mm -hmm. feel guilty about going on vacation with us in the summer Mm -hmm. she can and so the concept was she's gonna leave queen's we're going to go move her into an assisted living facility in Houston so she could be near my mom. She can finally have like an independent life where she doesn't have to be caring for one of her ailing sisters. And then she dies before aunt Jeanette. <laughs> it's crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it happened. And so I, when she was talking in the movie about like, you know, once nine, Nai dies, you know, I'll be able to do all this stuff. I was like, "That's the kind of life that like some that you unfortunately start thinking about when you're that old, and my grandmother was robbed of that, mm-hmm. because mm. in some cruel twist of fate, she died like two months after her sister did.
1: Mm.
0: I don't remember where I was going with this, but that is one of the parts that I felt about. like that's a real true moment in the movie that like sort of got me, but it's like an observation that's kind of removed. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. So one of the reasons why I think that like the, fa- the father and his brother would be the better, the better people is that during my grandmother's funeral, clearly my mother was not doing well because it was her mother. And we talked to, we being like my sister and I, talked to my cousins and were like, look, if you're coming, you're coming to the funeral clearly, but if you feel like you're about to like break down, just make sure you don't do it in front of my mother. Mm-hmm. because it's her mom she's going to feel compelled to help you or something but we should we should give her the space this is like her moment of grieving and we should like back off for that so it was just a little weird to see these two guys who are brothers and hadn't seen each other in a while and had gone to two completely different places for two completely different careers and we not like spending all our time with them
4: Well, I think the other part of this movie that's really fucking weird is all of this is hanging around this film is that they think the grandma is going to die. This is not a movie about a funeral, right? Mm -hmm. And, And yet everybody is acting like it. Short of going to the funeral, right? But short of burying the grandma in the ground, like that's what this film kind of feels like. But it feels like no one can get release from this situation because the grandma hasn't died, and it, it has, you know, has a three month license to live or something like that at at, at this point, and then ends up fucking living for six more years at least. You know she
0: ongoing is to the best of our knowledge still alive,
4: yeah, yeah, and so yes. it's it's one of those situations where they don't even know what to say and how to act and how to react to this situation because it's like, okay, the doctors are telling me x, right, but who doesn't know someone in their circle of friends of friends of friends? That has had someone that's even terminally ill or something like that, where they've just kept on living. And it's just one of those situations. And that was that was one of the interesting things about what um uh Billy's mom says is in China and, and I wish that clip had gone on, because yes, that is that is a funny saying. In China we have saying cancer or uh, you get cancer you die right like that's funny Mm -hmm. okay but then she goes on to say it's not the cancer that kills you it's the knowledge of the cancer that kills you Mm -hmm. that ultimately brings you down that basically makes you just go ahead and say okay well i guess i'm signing off on life you know and like if you do any kind of moderate amount of research into what the medical field kind of says is this um, uh, the placebo effect and stuff like that like mm-hmm. m- the mental capability of your of your mind to influence whether your body like lives or dies is incredible right it's hard to fight on a medical side it's hard to fight on a spiritual side it's hard to fight on a lot of different levels and so yeah like that idea that if we tell you you have cancer you will probably die faster than if we don't tell you you have cancer is actually kind of true um as long as you understand who the person is that you know, it actually has that illness, right? Are they a fighter? Are they a kind of someone that's just going to kind of roll over? You know, you, you just don't know unless you know that person, right? The doctor doesn't know. Um, so I think that's, that's interesting because that's what this whole movie is about is it's about a funeral that hasn't happened yet. And so <laughs> they're all over there and they're like, I want to cry. I want to yell. I want to feel sorrow, but also I can't because you're not even dead yet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like what, what is the point of me going through this emotion if I don't know what the
0: ultimate outcome is, right? Um, so well, that turns yeah, up the question I, of like, I don't know, did, did anyone else feel like it was a weird cosmic joke when that thing came up at the end? That's like, hey, by the way, she's not dead.
3: I, yeah, I think yeah. it. I think it is and in, isn't in, because, in, i I agree with with Bill that like there is something very strange about that. But I think it's also as much about the the ceremony of mm-hmm. them coming together. Like I, I I can't help but think of well, that scene with the brother where he says, "You know, um, I have it written down, but it's something on the lines of, you know, this is our." Or, um, oh, it's our duty to carry the emotional burden now. And
1: mm-hmm. right? I couldn't help mm-hmm. but think
3: about um, – because I'm a selfish person who's unable to not just think about the movie. I couldn't help but think about all the the people I've known throughout my life and, and just weighing the possibility of, you know, would this have been better to not tell this person for them to not have to worry about how to um, – you know about how to handle this, about how mm-hmm. to carry themselves, and I, I think that's interesting to me too, uh, Brian, a little bit. That even as a thought exercise, this didn't work for you because even something like killing of a sacred deer, which I believe you <laughs> hated, like was something that we <laughs> we got a we got a kick out of. You know the the
0: final uh, provocation. So yeah, I usually I, in a movie like this, I could still be like. Yeah, man, but, like, if I had to do it, like, if I can, I could put myself there. But there's a part of me that almost feels like, and this might have something to do with my latent sociopathy, I wouldn't have a problem, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, what's the word, cordoning off, like, compartmentalizing. Mm. You know, it's like, and it, it almost is like the movie's making the mother's point of, like, Let's just Mm. let's pretend this isn't about her dying. What if your cousin really was just getting married and we all knew she had cancer and so did she? Would we spend the whole wedding telling her she has cancer or would we, you know, shut up and have a good time with her while she's here? Mm
3: -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's easy to say that. Michael, if I ever
0: get cancer, I'm not telling you. (laughs) <laughs>
3: no, okay. But you don't think uh, that... Okay. Hi, I'm here. Speaking I'll tell Bill
0: that I have cancer. That's going to be... <laughs> Stop,
1: fuck you. God damn it.
3: Speaking rhetorically, I still think there is, even if it's not explicitly stated, I, I think that people react differently when they find out someone is terminally ill. Like, mm-hmm. it's something that's kind of unavoidable in the same way we were talking about. There's no, you know, one way to act... Uh, you know, towards trauma and something. Well, and, and yeah, like, no, I mean like, no, I, but I'm just saying, I think that I, I don't know. I, I, well, I, I think- can understand where you're coming from to, to, a certain point. I think that is
0: unfair. You, you just went past the line. <laughs> <laughs> I went past the line by saying, I will not tell you if I get cancer. <laughs> yeah. What um, what was, a what was I what uh, what I funny. was gonna say is I almost wish that like the the film had like taken almost like an epistolary kind of tone or not tone but structure where it's like here we are spending all this time with grandma and let's like really revel in like the fun and the the way that like just being around her can for a minute let us forget that she's dying because we love her so much and we're having such a good time with her. And then the entire family goes back to the hotel and then the hotel could have acted as some kind of like weird purgatory, you know, land of judgment where each Mm. night she talks to a different person and gets another perspective on it, you know, but instead it's like she, she does have like two conversations with her own mother who is not the, you know, not blood related to her, her grandmother And it's, I don't know, like, I wish there was someone who, like, was dealing with it really well, and she would, like, fight with them or something and say, like, how can you be so cold? And he, you know, he or she would say, I'm not. I'm having fun with my grandmother Mm -hmm. or my aunt or whomever. You know, like, I just, it was, it was so weird. And the way that the movie ends or you know the way that like the wedding ends with everyone like slowly walking down the street into the camera like reservoir dog style (laughs) makes it feel like i should be feeling like they pulled it off like danny ocean got Mm -hmm. 400 million dollars and but like there was never a sense of like a cohesive plan or any kind of like concern that it wasn't going to work So that was a really weird moment for me because I was like, have I been watching a heist movie this whole time? No, I've been watching an introverted look at, like, whatever this woman is feeling about her grandmother's impending death and the lies that everyone's telling. But, like, I don't think that earns this shot. Um, Mm -hmm. Cody, you haven't spoken much, and I'd really like to (laughs) not hear from Michael and Bill again. So what do you think about all this?
2: (laughs) Um, I think I think the ending is is complicated um and i think it is it is weird how it comes because you're like i don't know if this is really deserved and i think i understand where you're coming from there um but i think at least when i was watching it i never really i was never super invested in like was Nine going to live or die at the end of this like i don't think that was ever like a huge concern that that was going to be like a major plot thing like i think it was mostly about this whole kind of zeitgeist of everyone coming together Mm -hmm. and also dealing with these things and also dealing with these really weird relationships that they all have with each other. Um, and and just the fact that this is all happening at the same time as all of those things, or is the reason that this is all happening, um, per se. But yeah, I don't know. I think that when, I don't know. I think the, the postcard is also interesting too, because like, um, from my understanding a nine nine is still alive and b nine nine still doesn't know
0: <laughs> oh that yeah, yeah I, did, I didn't even think to ask that like so um, did they tell her
2: <laughs> right so they at at this moment at least from the um, this american life like re uh, re airing of it um, they have not told her um, but the film, like I think, recently opened up in China, or is recently it was going to open up in China oh, no. soon. Um, so and she knows that the movie happened and that it's about the wedding, but she doesn't know anything else besides that. That's great. Um, okay, and everyone else has kept what? it a secret, and they no. are still like playing this out We're in real life. billion like, people. We need right. a
0: sequel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's about. Yeah. Now we need like a fucking documentary that's like okay. I guess we're telling Nine and but her her sister, who actually plays herself in the film, um, like is still very much adamantly being like, no, this is like us not telling her is what is keeping her alive. Like, right. She's like wiley she's Coyote. So right. Well,
0: <laughs> she's ran off the cliff, but as long as she doesn't look down, she will never fall.
2: Right. But I think that's super interesting because this might actually play out in real time. Uh, because of this whole thing and i think that's fucking bananas
0: well that's the that's so that's a little crazy because like she did the this american life thing and it's fine my parents know i have a podcast i don't think they've ever really listened you don't have to worry about that but i'm pretty sure if i made a movie my grandmother would be like oh you're making a movie that's really awesome what's it about i'm gonna go i'm definitely gonna go see it when it comes out (laughs) Right. and um, i
2: think that was an intentional choice from from the family too to like kind of keep her out of the process of it at least because Were they everyone else was hoping that of, she'd
0: die before it was finished
2: i don't i just think that they would they'd be able to oh. chew it away i don't know i don't know um but that's fucking bananas that is um,
0: that is legitimately insane <laughs> but yeah like you said a, a good spinoff would be a rosencrantz and Guildenstern ass <laughs> thing about the couple yes. getting married
2: oh my god
0: and then you have like the meta sequel you know like uh bready stadellus made a sequel to um less than zero called imperial bedrooms so you'd have like the imperial bedroom style <laughs> sequel to the farewell yeah that's all about the real people being like so grandma really wants to see your movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up <laughs> yeah
3: it's I'm, it's crazy But now i'm uncomfortable with <laughs> <over> the <laughs> end of this movie
0: <laughs> Michael is now like, he's like, okay, so here we go. Michael, is this movie problematic?
2: (laughs) Well, I think that's, it's an interesting example of how a a movie, a personal movie can exist like outside of like one's own interpretation or one's own story, right? Like I think that it's very much like Lulu Wang's, like it's part of her and it's it's her story, but like it also now totally exists for consumption, right? Like it's just now totally fully out there um and that also includes everyone involved in this story that's kind of been kept under wraps at least for one specific person um and now it's not really it doesn't even have it can't even be fully in her own hands anymore whether that story gets out to her
0: wait what if people just start tweeting the trailer to her grandmother
2: do you, hold on. Do you think her grandmother has a Twitter account?
0: Probably. What is it, Weibo? <laughs> uh,
2: what, in what universe? Hold on. What, what does Twitter account look like?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. It's a grandmother. She's on Facebook.
2: Oh, well, it's China, uh, so no, that's not true.
0: So again, it's Weibo.
2: <laughs> okay. So yeah, people just start WeChatting and Weiboing, like, like, to so the farewell to her grandmother. <laughs>
3: i'm I'm just imagining uh, lulu and the rest of her family seeing it with their grandma and just looking over at her while they're watching and and just
4: (laughs) just she being like smile like who is this about (laughs) (laughs) how'd you come up with this idea
0: (laughs) Uh, oh no. oh, no we're laughing but that is truly a tragic concept oh
1: yeah it is dark
0: deeply upsetting really because basically she'd be sitting there so excited to be proud of her granddaughter. Yeah. And then she would discover the massive deception that her family... And the fact that she has cancer. <laughs>
4: yeah. A lot of things would no, come to yeah, Not <laughs> just that my family has been lying to me. Oh, yeah. by the way, Uh-oh. you have cancer. Well, but here's the other thing. have is so, not going
0: away. So that means that if that wasn't a legally binding wedding ceremony, then they would have had to have a secret legally binding wedding ceremony to actually get married later on.
2: Yes. Sure. Yeah.
0: Because they can't be like, hey, grandma, we're going to get married again. <laughs> <clears throat> and also like, what if they fell out of love? Like, is it like, well, you can't get divorced. You're, what, your, your marriage is the only thing keeping grandma going knowing that you two are in love out there is the only thing that keeping that old woman <laughs> upright Jesus. so we get a secret mm. divorce <laughs> ah, it's really dark Um. there's there's the real
3: sequel not, not meta sequel <laughs> not prequel not spinoff it's, it's blue valentine about. It's, it's, this this goes back I was going to gonna say who's afraid of Virginia Woolf
2: <laughs> oh my
4: god this this goes back
3: secret divorce is
2: my favorite agatha christie novel
0: (laughs) (laughs) the secret divorce this
4: this all goes back to that whole idea of would you want to know when you die right Mm -hmm. like like that whole kind of mythological thing of I think even like Minority Report kind of plays into that a little bit, but uh, I'm not sure if there's like a, a movie that has actually dealt with that. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's one of those philosophical questions. If you take like philosophy 101 in college, or um, you just read some books on some bullshit, or you know, spend too long on the internet, you'll run across that theory of like, would you want to know when you die? Would you? celebrate living towards that date would you live in fear of that date would you you know like what would you do if you knew exactly when and where you die and and maybe would you want to know how you die
0: right that's the thing i think i would want to know are you gonna tell
4: me (laughs) 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 <laughs> Michael, you have cancer <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we've brought What's, an Oracle yeah. and they're gonna tell you your whole life
0: there's that um okay, so there's a there's a television show there was a television show called Flash Forward. Yes, I think yeah. this is like the fifth time I've brought it up on this podcast yeah, they,
4: ABC right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great.
0: so wow. everyone <laughs> on earth gets like a a very vivid 5 minute or something like f- picture of themselves in the future. Mm. And um so everyone's like oh this is good, like and we all know where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing but we don't know how we get there. We don't know if knowing is going to change anything. But there's a group of people who see nothing. Just pitch blackness. And it doesn't take long for them to realize that that means that they will be dead in oh, a nice. year. And so they start like a death cult and like a weird kind of like fetish club where like they play Russian roulette with each other. Yeah, because totally. they know they're going to die. <laughs> and that's an interesting concept to me. But um I think that that's that's tangentially related to this like part of me sitting in this movie was like what I want people to tell me if I have cancer. And mm-hmm. um I don't think I would, in all honesty. Yeah. If it was Why bad not? enough that it wasn't going to, like, I couldn't fight it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I'd be fine with people lying to me. Though, for the love of God, not a wedding, guys.
2: <laughs> and, Please,
0: and maybe
4: not for six years.
0: Don't make my last what, month. What is, hold
2: on. What is your ideal? You're going to die, but we're not going to tell you, but we're all coming together for this one ceremony. Ceremony. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's
1: go around the room. Sick. Michael Snidel.
3: <laughs> um... It could be Saint Patrick's Day.
0: You can make that oh you can God. make that day sad, and it's my birthday. So,
2: <laughs> oh shit!
0: Wait. Okay. So, what what happens if it's not? What happens if you're going to die before that day? Like, what if like it's December and they say you have two months?
4: I, th- I, th- that, I thought that was the whole idea of this. Right? <laughs> the whole idea was I get to choose you get to choose what kind, of, what kind of timing you have. Not, not oh, congratulations, you chose St. Patrick's Day, but uh, you're going <laughs> to die too much earlier. But, like, that, that's, but that's, so each the, <laughs>
0: that's the thing, though, is like they didn't say we're going to wait for Christmas and surprise her. They're like, we don't know how long she's okay, going to last. Fair, this has to happen right. now. Fair so, enough. Michael, okay. it's August. <laughs> <laughs> next week i say to you <laughs> happy st patrick's day you'd be cool with that but
3: um. <laughs> there's no august holidays what do you
2: want me to do I, I think we're being we're tying too much into holidays here i think it's just like what kind of party i think was more what i was going for like right. there's a big wedding
4: let's a big get a fucking extravaganza. Dog. let's get sure. a dog like, you can get a dog.
0: Bill, yeah. Bill, Bill, a Bill dog, wants someone to like... gift him a dog and then throw a party about giving him that dog. <laughs>
3: Hell yeah! <laughs> Alright, if I can get a dog, that's cool. That or Y2K? <laughs> Just
2: I, again. For <laughs> real this time.
0: <laughs> depending how much money people are willing to spend on me, I would want. My mother to call me and be like, Brian, I have once again improbably won a raffle, and it's a family trip to Ireland.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have I talked about my mother constantly winning great shit in raffles?
1: No. It happens to her. Go all ahead. Time.
0: No, it's that's pretty much it. Like she won a car. She she won a different car. She won a that bunch of That is a charming
2: fun fact. That is just so delightful. <laughs>
0: It's just the weirdest thing. I've never won anything in a raffle, and she has won all of that shit. So, like, if she called me and said, I won, like, a family trip to Ireland, I would not think twice about it.
1: Nice.
0: I wouldn't be like, oh, I secretly have lung cancer. I'd be like, oh, shit, we're going to Ireland, because my mom is the weirdest, luckiest woman on Earth. (laughs) And you're going to die in the cliffs of Dover?
3: Is that That's not Ireland,
0: is it? That's, no, that's not Ireland.
2: You fucking Irish listeners are... you extended yourself
3: too much
4: michael too far
0: (laughs) so everyone else is just gonna get a dog i'm the only person (laughs) who came up with this story i
4: I
2: think a I think a trip is the way to go to be honest because i think that's something that's that's believable enough where you can just be like oh yeah we're all just going somewhere but it's super fun and something that you probably wouldn't be able to do for yourself just on your own time Mm -hmm. i think that's the move yeah
3: You do a trip to Mordor and just throw yourself in the volcano.
2: Yeah, just really get me in there. I like
3: how Michael assumes that he's going to die
0: on this trip. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll be left there? (laughs) It's my choice. (laughs) Your
2: family's just stranded at the top of the goddamn volcano and you're like, bye.
0: (laughs) It's not your choice. You don't know it's happening. (sighs) Ugh.
3: I don't get it. One, this, day this
0: you're, one day, your your girlfriend is going to take you on a trip to Italy or something, and you're just going to be like, this is it. I'm dying. She knows. I don't. And you're going to sit down in the middle of a field in Tuscany, and you're going to be like, honey, I know what this is about. You can go. And just <laughs> I'm just like, going to stay here and quiet. watch the sunset and die finally.
2: It's like, I was going to propose, but okay, fuck. I'm going to over here fucking weird
0: <laughs> get in contact with her just be like Michael was supposed to podcast with us this week do you know what happened <laughs> yeah I left him in Tuscany
4: uh, uh, he, he apparently he just lives in the Amazon. hills now I guess <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting so, we're waiting, we waiting
0: ta- for that to <laughs> become <laughs> a cork farmer a cork farmer don't they grow cork in Tuscany you grow cork <laughs>
4: Michael
3: Wait, So the is this farewell.
0: Um do we have any do we have any final thoughts on this movie? Is this insane like multi-part tangent just a sign that we're done? Yes. Yes, probably prob- no, I'm prob-
3: just I'm looking um, up cork farmers, alright?
0: Oh
2: my god. Is okay. any of this listenable? Is any of this usable
4: content? <laughs> yes.
3: You will be surprised be how much standard. people enjoy this
0: stuff. <laughs> okay. Um. Cody, while uh, Michael is looking up where cork comes from, did yeah. you have any final thoughts on the farewell? Anything that we didn't touch on?
2: Uh, but yeah, one thing that uh, definitely stuck with me that we haven't talked about was the sound design. Like, I think that was something that really hit me more than really anything in the film. Uh, and I guess that's also based on how I saw it. Like, I saw it at, like, 10 p.m. in an empty basically empty theater at, on, like, a Sunday. <laughs> and I was just, like, letting everything sort of sink in. And I think, like, the way that Lulu Wang and also the the sound engineer, Jane Park really like crafts this sort of world. That's very much invested as much in its silences than it is in like the actual dialogue and and the music that they use. Um, And I think like a lot of times that's, it's just a really impactful way of like, it really hits you when you're kind of just alone there, like, Oh shit. Like this is, (laughs) this is some intense stuff. And I think that was really something that, that I took away with it, uh, that I couldn't really stop thinking about after I left the theater
0: i agree the person in the the friend please go ahead Oh, i was gonna say yeah the sound design for this is really great i, I want it's to again like, remarkable. i want to again say that i think that this is a very well made movie i thought mm-hmm. that like the blocking and um the cinematography and everything was really great i like the setups i mean like there, there's a lot visually here that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. michael what were you gonna um- say my, my bit was going to be,
3: of course, I had I had someone snoring in the row behind me <laughs> and the loudest popcorn chewer in
0: history.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: There's a, um, they were right next to each other. <laughs> there's a 90-year-old theater that recently got turned into like a nonprofit kind of place near me that I have never been to. And um, this was the first day where like a screening synced up. And I was like, I'm finally going to go to the old Greenbelt Theater, only to find out that the theater is undergoing a renovation. So they have a pop-up theater in the storefront next to the theater, what? and so it was like a blanket for. Oh my gosh! With like a fifteen-foot screen, it was—it was still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like the sound was weirdly like very crisp and clean, and like it was a very intimate venue, which kind of lended something sure. to it. But I was yeah. still like, I'm not in this like hundred-year-old movie palace. <laughs> I'm in a decommissioned Thai restaurant. Anyway, Michael, have you discovered that I was right about cork being grown on a tree in Italy?
2: Um, not
0: not really, but sure. Why not?
2: The jury's still out on it, okay? Let's just, we cannot believe...
3: I'm getting I'm getting a story about a thirty-five year old cork farmer whose hand was sucked into a combine harvester as he tried to free
0: grain. Why didn't you just Wikipedia it like a normal person? (laughs) I just searched (laughs) cork farmer. What was I supposed to search? According to the Wikipedia. Oh my god. There are two million two hundred (laughs) thousand hectares of cork forest worldwide. Three point one percent of that is in Italy. So there we go. Okay.
3: Congratulations
0: anyone else have any final thoughts on this movie that we want to i want to again say like i found it handsomely made i thought that some of the performances were really good i wish it had been about the two the two brothers um and i you know but in general i would still recommend that this is a movie that i think is appealing to a broad audience and that people might be able to get stuff from but it just wasn't for me would you recommend this podcast about that movie <laughs> I think that this <laughs> podcast is better if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> because then maybe you won't mind that the last oh. 10 minutes we have talked about a lot of weird shit that is not related <laughs> to the movie. But I think we, we, we talk a lot early on yeah. in this podcast about the movie in a very meaningful and insightful way. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Sure. Oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> okay. <See us> out. <laughs> Good times.
4: Um, um, I, I, have a, I have a question. Uh, A lingering question that was left over. Yes, that was left over from uh, the podcast uh, discussion that happened before we started podcasting. Um, The you called it a lazy Susan. Um, (laughs) Was that self automated?
0: Yeah, that was, And,
4: and that was in someone's apartment.
0: No, I think that was like the rehearsal dinner at the venue. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Also those things are like big in China. Like that's like the communal eating kind of thing and also having the rotating table. Uh Like that's in every restaurant in China. What the fuck? There's a very it's um... it's not really you get individual meals, you get a bucket. Okay,
4: so so everyone. This should not no longer be called the lazy Susan. It should be
0: called like the lazy I, awesome Susan. I don't,
4: don't want to be You're racist. diving into some rough territory yeah, I, right I don't, don't want to be right
0: That's why I, I just said awesome say. Susan um, <laughs>
2: oh, I thought awesome you were going to say Susan. the productive
0: Susan <laughs> Oh my god Crazy uh,
2: So I know what my drag name is going to be um, <laughs> It's awesome Susan
0: <laughs> Why not? I mean that's a good one um, What was I going to say? Uh, the food in this movie also looks amazing
2: oh my god it's divine
0: yeah movies like this are just like i just i i was literally like what if i order the chinese food immediately do you think it'll be at my house before i have to podcast
2: (laughs) it gave me all the like great um like food visuals that like miyazaki films do but like actual food and i was like oh god this is so beautiful
0: and these people are actually eating it which i also appreciate There That's is a a rather authentic Chinese place around my house that does do the uh you can you can do it in that kind of like family style, mm-hmm. which I think is what they call it at, like a restaurant when it's like we will have the meatballs and you get like a giant vat of forty <laughs> meatballs and people eat from it. God damn it! Yeah. Now a lot of now, meatballs.
4: This, now this means that like every time I go to a restaurant or meet with like a friend. I'm just gonna look at the grandma and just be like, "Does does she know? Does she? oh my god,
0: <laughs> oh that's awful." Assume, assume that everyone is lying to everyone about whether they're yes, or not.
2: yeah. The, but again, the base of the story is that everyone's a fucking liar and don't trust anyone. <laughs>
0: as Michael points out, though, it is illegal to do that in this country. So. Oh, God damn it! End this fucking podcast. So that's his it. Twitter uh,
4: handle is at Mike Snidell.
0: We hope. <laughs> yep, at Mike Snydell You that's definitely Mike not Snidell. his Twitter handle.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so <laughs> please don't harass at Mike Snydell
2: Poor guy. <laughs> I'm don't pretty sure me. that He's Mike. Trying to live his life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike Snydell. <laughs> I have maybe called you Mike, but I've never called you by your like shortened first name and your last name. It just feels <laughs> odd and gross to do that.
3: I didn't get called by my first name for like more than the first ten years of my life. Everybody called
0: me fucking Snidel. So they called I, you fucking Snydell. Fucking, Snidell, fucking baby.
4: <laughs> <laughs> your kids in kindergarten had a who thinks that now? they
0: can say the alphabet <laughs> fucking <Snidell>. Um <laughs> uh, everyone called me Brian until I got to college and then I was Rowan and now I have become Rowan again it's very strange anyway we're Close. done we gotta get out of here stop putting no. us on tangents Michael <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> don't die of cancer Mike. fucking
0: Snydell. uh <laughs> We are again brought to you by MUBI for your free 30 day trial. Go to MUBI.com slash film stage. Don't forget that they've got a bunch of great movies, including uh, two films from Peter Strickland as part of their, what is Not Tour series. That's barbarian sound studio and the Duke of Burgundy. And, um, Terrence stamp wants me to remind you that he's fucking coming. Uh, that's, li- <laughs> that's the limey from Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> and of course, Michael is turning that into something gross. And, um, there is a Roman Polanski film on there, Venus and Fur, if you're feeling problematic.
3: Yeah, th- yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, if you're also feeling problematic, there's a John Huston film, The Dead. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. So again, remember, that's M-U-B-I dot com slash film stage. Uh, don't forget to go to Patreon dot com slash the film stage show to give us your money. And that is that. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about Ready or Not. Like actually talking about it, though. Yes, Since I said that last week. Last week, Michael <laughs> erroneously said that and I had to cut it out. It was very difficult because there was already music playing under his voice. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cody, thank you for joining us. I hope that this hasn't been too <laughs> awful for you. <laughs> Go
2: ahead, it was humbling and horrible, just as I like everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't you tell the fine people at home where you can be found online?
2: Yeah, um, I'm on uh, Twitter and all the other places at Dyke Discourse. I also have a podcast, and I forgot to plug at the beginning because I'm an idiot. Uh, It's called Into the Twilight. Uh, We talk about Twilight, but also Fifty Shades of Grey, and also every other shitty relationship in media. Basically, it's fun.
4: Oh, we we just did a a podcast with a guest that did nothing but bad romantic comedies. I think or bad relationships.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, She's awesome. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Similar thing, yes. Fun, fun times, but also awful, awful times.
0: (laughs) I don't know why people do this to themselves.
2: Yeah, we're in too deep at this point, so we're just checking (laughs)
0: along. How many episodes have you done
3: about...
2: Well, at this okay. point this now this is so much that you don't have to keep in but uh, so we started with the entire twilight saga which we have finished all the books and the movies um then we did the entire 50 shades of gray series all the books and the movies and now we're doing the netflix slash lifetime show you and the book
3: you is uh, awesome
2: yeah oh well, boy do i have opposite feelings <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, i have but, yeah, heard this it. not doing, a good like, guy <laughs> Oh, no, but like no whatever it's sorry this is too much.
3: wait can Listen i come now? on it's to right. talk about you oh <laughs> for sure
2: actually let's do that i will totally have you on yeah
0: that okay. is terrifying um yeah pen badgley you know the, the gossip girl
2: yeah yeah
3: oh
0: spo- spoilers i guess for gossip girl but whatever <laughs> wait, he is not only on gossip girl but is the gossip girl what seven seasons would tell you yes i oh, don't i haven't seen <laughs> fucking page one of that show don't give me that shit <laughs> page one i don't i yeah i you know whatever um gossip good yeah i have a friend who loves gossip girl when are we doing our oc podcast brian When's i don't that know happening? it's up to you probably my it's my, my, not my... up
4: to me because i ain't watching that show <laughs>
0: It's funny, my You're friend, Caitlin, who I saw Midsummer with and who likes Gossip Girl, recently said to me, we need to do an OC podcast. So apparently, <laughs> yeah. people in the world are demand. like, the time has come for an OC yes. podcast and Brian Rowan must be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure I've only uh-huh. seen like one episode of that show. You're qualified. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it. okay we'll talk about it uh who's who's next bill
4: <laughs> sure i'm going next um i'm just on twitter uh you can talk to me about uh dora the explorer movie which is apparently 83 percent on rotten tomatoes so get at me if you've seen that and tell me why it might be good I, so I you haven't even
0: seen it. You just want people to explain
4: you just to you. your yeah. opinions. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I want to know why I maybe should go see this movie. Um, so yeah, and I'm also learning that the Angry Birds Two movie is like seventy six percent. So I can't imagine that the Angry Birds One movie was higher than that. So no. that's one of the rare sequels that like improved somehow. How? What?
0: Good Boys no. is at seventy nine percent, and uh, Blinded by the Light is at ninety somehow. Yeah, what? that's baffling
2: to me. What is it's, Blinded by the Light? It's a nightmare. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: it's about a uh I believe a Pakistani youth in the UK who loves Bruce Springsteen.
4: Oh yeah, I, I saw the trailer for that.
0: Okay, great. We all saw the trailer for that. <laughs> Phil, I think you just said all that stuff. Did you actually say what your Twitter handle was? Oh, yeah. At Cable Get at me about that. All right, but I'm r- just
4: on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me. Yeah, <laughs> no. The the Whatever. first Angry Birds movie had a 44% Rotten Tomato meter. So And this yeah, one is apparently better. 70, 73%. Despite so the fact that I've had to point. see that trailer
0: like three times and each time I hated it more.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. Yeah, that's... Anyways.
0: that's wow, We're, we as a, as a society are slipping. You're <laughs> becoming easier on the Angry Birds movies. Michael, Michael Snydell. I'm on Twitter at... Uh, just at Snydell,
3: not at Mike Snydell. I mean, you can bug <laughs> at Mike Snydell if you really want to. Um, I... Log things on Letterboxd regularly, and I have been writing stuff lately. I wrote about 47 meters down uncaged, which is really fun if you can get past the like 10 minutes before there's sharks. Um, <laughs> that's silly. So <many> and movies. <laughs> and uh, I also wrote about Peanut Butter Falcon, which against all odds is actually pretty decent.
4: Hmm.
3: And that's but those are both on the spool.
4: And Shia?
2: what the fuck uh, <laughs> proud of him
0: <laughs> um, you can follow me on twitter where I'm constantly tweeting about how great Holt McElhaney is and minehunter. it's at Brian J. Rowan uh, follow me on Letterboxd Instagram all those places again at Brian J. Rowan because I am deeply terrible at coming up with cool handles for stuff <laughs> Uh, My personal site, dearfilm.net, and you can, of course, find uh, every episode of this show as well as all my writing at thefilmstage.com. This week, I will have a written review of Ready or Not up before we do our uh, podcast on said movie. So if you want a preview of my thoughts in the written form, check that out. Uh, Someone on
3: Slack was also asking about whether we did anything about Twin Peaks uh, we did a whole podcast on uh, Twin Peaks: The Return called "Dark, Moody Wood." Dark Moody right. Why are you bringing yeah. this up right now? Because someone
0: mentioned it on our Slack. <laughs> that was that was like two like the. You know what? It doesn't matter. No. We got to get out of yeah, here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you'd also like to listen to our review of The Revenant from three years ago, since <laughs> we're apparently just <laughs> pulling shit out of the past, it is also on thefilmstage.com. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time.